So you were into Oh Jung Se. I was into Park Jae Sung. We were into like the toxic men of this. <laughs> yeah. Bathe my morals in hydrochloric acid. Annyeong SAO. Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-romance guides. So grab some deck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. We're back together again. Yay! All three of us. It's been a couple weeks. I know. It really has been. It's been longer than I like it to be. I know. I know. I really do miss you guys, like, a lot. This is, yeah, this is exciting. I know. And to be back to talk about a fun, fun drama tonight. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this. And look, we haven't really covered any dramas that are referred to as mokjongs. And I would say Little Women falls in this genre. Um, if not, it's at least adjacent. So let's, should we define the term, yes. I think, for folks listening? Yeah. So uh, Amy, why don't you read the one you found? So this is from allkpop.com. And I, I really like this one. So it says, Makjong is a word used in popular culture to describe excessive art. Makjong in the context of dramas is a form of drama that is difficult to comprehend or accept based on common sense or ordinary moral standards. Despite how ludicrous the tale is, it decides to play up wild storylines to pull viewers in. I think that's yeah. Little Women in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, like, I also see um, they're considered over the top. Common characteristics of Mokjong dramas include absurd birth secrets, twisted relationships and affairs. And most of the characters lack a moral compass. <laughs> so I have heard the penthouse referred to as a mokjong and i was not interested but based on how much i enjoyed little women i think i might check out penthouse i always i when i heard mokjong before i always thought it was like soap opera e but i don't let me tell you like korean soap opera stuff is <laughs> way more entertaining than america well i like american soap operas but i still find it more entertaining uh, on the Korean side. Because I think American soap operas, and this is not to yuck anybody's yum, because I grew up watching Days of Our Lives in General Hospital religiously. Same. Days of Our Lives and Passions over here. And if anyone has seen Passions, it was completely bonkers. But also like super cheesy. Like it's a different, you know, yeah. it, it's a different look to it. You know, like I was talking about this with Megan earlier, like to keep a storyline going every day, five days oh a week. God. 365 days a year, pretty much, right? Like, you're going to have to pull out some crazy shit. But it was also like the look of soap operas, like, had this, you know, very sort of, it was like bright, you know, it didn't look like regular TV. You know, right. What I mean? It was always like sort of like pastel, almost like a blurred effect. Right. Too, like a cheese, on, like cheesecloth. Like you were watching some porn yes. or something, but it wasn't. So, <laughs> and my mom denies this happened, but this happened. When I was little, she used to lock me out of the house sometimes. And I mean, it was like the early 80s. This is just like what you did. And she really, she's like, I never did this. I would never On have purpose? Yes. And so she would lock me out of the house. And then she would, because I'm sure she was just freaking over it, like and over me. <laughs> and so she would lock me out and there was like a glass door. So I would look through the glass door. And I remember her ironing, ironing my dad's shirts. 
and watching all my children. And she's like, this yeah. never happened. I'm like, well, I didn't pull that out of like the ether. It's a very specific <laughs> memory. So, I mean, I'm not saying she did it daily, but you know, that definitely has happened. So. Yeah. I mean, my mom watched Days of Our Lives and then I had a college roommate who watched Days of Our Lives. And that was like when we, the four of us lived in a house and it was hilarious. She would schedule her classes around Days of Our Lives. Um, I remember it was like one at one o'clock in the afternoon, I think, EST. And she would like go home, sit on the couch. And we all knew, like, you do not watch anything when Amanda's watching Days of Our Lives. This is the time it's on. And I used to watch it a little bit with her. And it's like crazy. And like Passions had that like doll that would come to life. I mean, it was. It's crazy. It was nuts. There was something about Little Women that set it apart, I would say. I, I think that soap operas kind of. I don't know. It's almost like they're winking at you. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like they're like, yeah, we know this is crazy, but we're going to do it anyway. Whereas I think in the K-drama world, they act their hearts out. And they're like, this is not, you know, this, for for the actors, for the characters and the scenes, it's not over the top. It's over the top for us watching it. But like, so Papa's, you, you know, there's some overacting and it's, you know, super, super over the top dialogue and stuff like that. To me, it was a very well done telenovela. And I mean, like, look, again, telenovelas have like the same kind of, um, you know, they're like adjacent to soap operas, except potentially maybe like more bananas at times. So look, I think that like, basically what we're saying is we're not going to do a lot of like external banter today. We're just all shooketh by Little Women. <laughs> and we're still trying to like grapple with what did we watch? And like <laughs> like how it worked and yeah, I think for me it's also yeah. like why did I love it so much because I did yeah. I was I oh I thoroughly it. enjoyed it like I, and I watched this like two weeks before you two did so I've been absolutely dying to talk about it because I've had nobody to talk about it with for the past two weeks I'm so right. happy so today let's just get into it let's just you know we don't have time to mess around we're just gonna get <laughs> straight into the song <laughs> so you know, no segue. We're going that mm -hmm. wild. We're just going mm -hmm. for it. So Raw Dog In to <laughs> Little Women was directed by um, Kim Hee Won and stars Kim Go Un, Nam Ji Hyun, and Park Ji Hoo. And so while it is based in contemporary Seoul, it's very loosely also based on Louisa May Alcott's 1868 novel of the same name. Very um, loosely. Very very loose <laughs> to the point where like i'm not really no sure they're really. sisters i was like they're sisters like that's yeah, that's I mean, what like i got a little more but i mean yeah okay so it ran from september to november in the year of our lord 2022 which is where we currently are and you can catch it on netflix and for me i felt like you know watching it it felt like to me the comp would be like if the movie parasite had a baby with tail of the nine tailed. That's, That's kind of like where I'm at with it, I think. Mm -hmm. And like, did it have more bananas than Hawaii? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but did we enjoy it? Like, look, as much as we love the Chinese lantern plant in tail of the nine tailed, I think it's supremacy as top botanical K-drama icon may have been usurped by the ghost orchid. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, the lantern plant just holds on to you for a few years. This does so much yeah, but more. This blue orchid is going to haunt me. <laughs> okay, so Little Women tells the story of the O-Sisters. We have 
Inju, Inkyung, and Inhai. And like they're all like as a collective, they're in dire financial straits. And so I'm going to try to do some correlations to the Little Women, the actual book. But again, these are very loose. I was like, so, when I read through this earlier, you started losing the correlation like pretty early. Because... <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. So Inju is the oldest, <laughs> like like Meg March from the book. And look, I love Little Women, the book. And I actually Same. would have been fine with like a Korean drama remake of actual Little Women too. Um, but let's just say like in the book... Meg loved like fancy, lovely, expensive things, you know, was a bit of a shoe, like love clothes. And so Inju does too, kind of, I mean, enough. <laughs> like she liked <laughs> her fancy shoes she got. Then we have like hard nosed reporter In Kyung, who's like very stubbornly on the case investigating mayoral candidate Park Jae Sang. And, you know, okay, a scrappy writer, a bit like Joe from Little Women, I guess. And then the older girls look after and dote on the youngest, who is a art prodigy, Inhai, who is, look, in a complete departure, also in a very, uh, very close friendship with a classmate who happens to be Jay Sang's daughter, the candidate. <laughs> I feel like I'm already making it confusing. I know. So look, basically just know the sisters are doing it hard. They're living in a house full of bugs, like windows that open funky, and a mom who has fled with money meant for the youngest school trip. So things seem bleak. And then what happens? I was going to say, the art, the, really quick, the art part does connect to Amy March. Amy. So we yes. do have that. So, But I think all of the Little Women connection. And then Beth, is, and Beth is dead? There was Beth another is just dead. Kid. Yeah, but there is a, well, we can get to that later. There, I guess there, I guess there is a Beth. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of, but yeah, I mean, so in, in characterizing the sisters, I think they did pull from Little Women, but plot wise, no. And I mean, they pulled very loosely, like right, someone, very loosely, like, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So basically what ends up happening is a mysterious yet friendly colleague of Inju, uh, who is Jin Hua Young, this friend dies. And we'll get into like the hows and the whys of this, but somehow leaves her 2 billion won. And then a trail that leads to a very convoluted slush fund of 70 billion won. So basically someone dies and then there's money potentially to be gotten, correct? Yes, that is our catalyst for the rest of the story is this 2 billion won plus 70 billion won. And then we have these three sisters tangling with this very powerful family in separate ways and shit just starts to hit the proverbial fan. So we have a high body count. There is a lot of mysteries around slush funds and double lives and secret societies and red shoes and tiny secret rooms and seemingly hallucinogenic flora. <laughs> I freaking love this drama. <laughs> Wait, and I just want to, before we get to the non-spoiler section, I want to say one thing. I mentioned Pet House. Um, the actor who plays Park Jae Song, who is a very important part of Little Women, he also is in Pet House. That is Um Ki Joon. But Megan, he's also mm -hmm. from your one of your very favorite dramas. Right! And I didn't recognize him. 
So and we'll I, get to that later. From, we'll get, yeah, to, that we'll get later. to that later. Yeah. So, I mean, just as we kick off, like, what's one word you would say to sum this up? And this is not in the script. I just want your raw dog reaction. I mean, I kept texting you guys, like, Gwen Stefani, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Like, I I can't think of anything other than bananas, which you've already said. Bonkers. Bananas. I mean, I want to say riveting. Because I could not stop watching um, it was surprising, twisty. I don't, I can't sum it up in one word. I just was, or maybe I should just say entertaining, because that's what I, I was like. I was massively, massively entertained by Little Women. And isn't that what you want? Like, of course. Yes. I want, Give me entertainment. And I think I am going to come down on confusing and confusing because, look, the plot did confuse me at times. I think I've put it mostly together, but also confusing because I'm still reconciling how I feel about it. That's fair. Totally fair. So we are going to, you know, go through this non-spoiler section. This is kind of what we normally do if, you know, you haven't listened to us a lot. So we're going to try to talk about the drama in ways that aren't going to, like, take away from any of the plot twists, which there are many. But this is a hard drama to talk about without getting into spoilers. So, you know, we're going to kind of, like, high level through here. Yeah. Um, So one thing I thought that I just wanted to get out of the way was the three leads were fantastic. And we have seen and loved dramas that each of them have starred in. So Amy, kicking it off, like, what have you to say about Kim Go On? So it's funny because I'm in the middle of a Goblin rewatch right now, which is where my fandom for her began. And I think she's amazing as Inju. She is this morally gray character who wants what's best for her family, but also she wants to taste a little bit of the good life. And that gets her into a bit, okay, no heaps. Of trouble throughout the drama. Her execution, I think, of this is flawless. However, I will say, after having seen her in Goblin, The King Eternal Monarch, and now this, um, the role of hers that I connected with the most, like on an emotional level, is still Goblin. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed Little Women, but for me, it had this knack of sort of, despite the fantastic performances, keeping the viewer at an emotional distance so that I was not in a corner weeping at any moment during the 12 episodes like I was, you know, like in the first 15 minutes of episode one of Goblin and almost every episode thereafter. But Kim Goon is a top actor for me, and I love watching her, and I think she nailed it in this performance. And then Megan, how about Nam Ji Hyun? So I do want to say I agree with you, Amy. There was like there was a bit of like emotional distance watching this. I personally loved it. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't care about it. It was just a different kind of setup. Totally different kind of setup. It. I yes, but I do and I but I do like that you mentioned it because that is a like a thing I felt as well. So I love Nam Ji Hyun. I have for a while. I mean, the only other drama I've seen her in is Suspicious Partner. But I loved her in Suspicious Partner. She played a much different character. I mean, I would say they were both, both characters were very, very tenacious. But they were, but that tenaciousness was a, accompanied by a very different personality. And this one, she was definitely more like straight laced, very smart, cunning. And I, I loved her in this role. I liked the, how she explained like empathy and how that affects people in positions um, like being a reporter. Uh, that was me. I Why I was a terrible reporter. Um, I have high empathy. And yeah, 
Um, but I really think Nam Ji Hyun nailed this role and made me root for her even when I also kind of wanted to tell her to like give up, like just give up and like run away with your like the guy who loves you, which isn't um, a spoiler because no. there's a guy who clearly is in love with her from like episode two or whatever, <laughs> whenever you meet yes. him. So yeah, I, I honestly, I thought she was able to show her acting chops more in this drama and I was really proud of her. I thought she nailed it. Yeah, she was fantastic. And Leah, so what about Park Ji-hoo, who played in High? So, okay. So Park Ji-hoo, I thought, was like a breakout favorite for me this year in All of Us Are Dead, where um, she plays Anjo, like another high school student. And so I would say similarly, you know, we have two younger, you know, she's young. <laughs> she plays high school age students appropriately. <sighs> I feel as if this was, look, I think she was great in both. So I thought that Anjo's performance was a little bit more innocent lost, at, like throughout the process of the drama, like kind of a daddy's girl with like a bestie and, you know, kind of like the crushes on the boys. And Hai's character was like very, I felt like had like internalized a lot of trauma in her family. Yeah, and yeah. so... Again, I always feel like those are difficult roles to play and she nailed it because I think that it's a very buttoned down character. And then when you do get bits of emotion, it just is like seeping out. And I felt like it was a very mature performance. Um, so I would 100%. say all of us are dead performance. Fantastic. Great. I love her. But in this, it just felt like, you know, I think it was asking, it was a harder lift to do and she did it perfectly. Yeah, I honestly was really, I liked her as Anjo, loved her as Anjo, and I thought she was great. But the, what she did in Little Women made me a huge fan. Like, that, That like, you're, I agree with you. I felt like it was heavy, more heavy lifting acting. I don't know if I said that right. But yeah. that's also how I felt about the role. She was so good. Because she had to be so reserved sometimes, but you could, like, see the emotion behind her eyes. I mean, just very good. And I think that's where we're talking about like how there is a lot of soapiness to the story, I guess. However, the acting, and this isn't like to denigrate soap opera actors or anything, right. but I mean, like, look, this was bringing about like a very sophisticated level of acting, I think, in a plot that was not, but like knowingly so, which I'm going to get into later. So Leah, the director, Kim Hee-won, also directed one of your top dramas, Mi Sang, An Incomplete Life, as well as Vincenzo, which you haven't watched yet, but now are rethinking your life choices, apparently. <laughs> what similarities <laughs> of styles do you see? So yeah, I feel like now I kind of want to try Vincenzo. Like I know, Megan, you had tried it and you were kind of out quickly, but now I'm like, maybe this is like part of the bananas that we just need to like embrace. I'm curious to see what you think. So this is the issue I had with Vincenzo is that I didn't emotionally connect. But maybe you and now I to. wonder. I think maybe I'm not supposed to. I'm j and I think at the time it was just not the drama for me. And now I'm am considering revisiting it. But if it's not as bonkers as Little Women, I'll be d disappointed. Like I want full. I want another Little Women. I truly do. <laughs> And sometimes you want that emotional connection. So if you sit down for something like this and you're wanting that emotional connection and you don't get it, then it might not be the drama for you at that time. Right. I think that the time I sat down, I expected it to be something different. 
But here's something that I think, and this is what's interesting to me in like the emotional connection, because I actually connected very deeply to me saying emotionally, but I feel like a lot of like the choices were made similar in that there's a lot of very like situational interpersonal relations. And I actually would say I was moved um, in Little Women more maybe than you both are saying. I feel like especially in the first half, um, sister dramas really get to me and sister dynamics really get to me. And so maybe that's because I just realized I have sisters and neither of we you don't. do. Yeah. Um, so like, I was like, I actually got like lumps in my throat and like teary in the first half. By the second half, I was just hanging on to my pants. But in the first half, I really, I felt like I was very much touched by the sister that's dynamic. I think that's a fair choice. Cause I would say that when there's brother sister dynamics, I do relate much more like I re- than when it's sister dynamics. Yeah, and I'm just like a slut for sister stories. But um, no, I love yeah, that. I think yeah. visually too, the director has such a great eye for the details, and just I mean, it's a visual pleasure to watch. And I like from what I know of Vincenzo, same, and then also me um, saying I feel like it's set in an office building; it shouldn't be lovely to watch, and yet it is. And so I just it was cool to me to see that the director was um, the same in all three. Yeah, I mean, there are shots of little women where just like the composition of the frame is art. It's it is. It's really beautiful. And even like the colors that that they choose to like, it's just it's. Yeah, it the cinematography is gorgeous. It's paced well. It's paced very well. Yeah, Mm. For being bananas. I was going to say, Leah, the writer, Jung (laughs) Seok-kyung, also wrote your favorite K film to date, which is The Handmaiden. So how did this sort of feed into your joy of this drama or how you feel about it yeah so okay i did want to talk about this because this i felt like i really saw some fingerprints that felt familiar once i found out that the writers were the same um i really do want us to watch the handmaiden um and now that you've got a taste i think that it can kind of help set up some of your expectations and i think what the handmaiden delivers that's similar is a lot of unexpected plot twists and centering like the female story and making them very subversive in their environments. And so I think both of those really like correlate between the film, like the Handmaiden movie and then uh, this show. Um, I will say I liked the ending of the Handmaiden better. I felt like it tied up in a way that like I felt like was ultimately more successful. But we're dealing with like a... I mean, it's still very bizarre story, but a movie plot as opposed to like the sprawling, you know, drama plot. Um, but I do now really want us even more. So I've been saying I want us to do The Handmaiden for some time. And now I really do, because I think that given that you both kind of like this, despite yourself, Handmaiden's a little darker and weirder because it's a case cinema. So like they can go to like weird, like, and it's more sexualized. Well, I mean, like there's overt I sex, mean, of course, yeah. but there's a lot of sexual content in like the world. It's a very like sexually kinked out slightly cracked out world so amy this drama has a lot of controversy in vietnam and you know what is the story there so there's i couldn't find anything like super in-depth except for like a couple of references but i i caught this like right kind of when i was in the middle of watching it so the vietnamese government asked netflix to remove the drama from its region because of its inaccurate depiction of the vietnam war NME.com states the following. According to a Vietnamese newspaper per Bloomberg, it was determined that Little Women broke Clause 4 
Article 9 of the Vietnamese Press Law, which prohibits the broadcast of information that may incite war, infringe upon Vietnam's sovereignty and territorial integrity, distort history, deny revolutionary achievements, or insult the nation. Oof. So, yeah, there's there's a little bit more. So I believe it's in episodes three and eight that the following little nuggets occur. And the Vietnamese government says that these fictional accounts of the war violate the previously stated government clause. So going back to Enemy.com, Little Women includes several characters who had fought in the Vietnam War as part of the, uh, the 320,000 Korean troops deployed in support of the U.S. Throughout the series, other characters frequently refer to a wealthy elderly veteran as a hero for having performed quote-unquote, distinguished military services while deployed in Vietnam. In another recent episode, another veteran character bragged that the kill-to-death ratio for Korean troops was 20 to 1. That's 20 Viet Cong killed for one Korean soldier dead. So yeah, producers apologized and said that they'd have the drama removed from Netflix in Vietnam because this apparently, you know, going back to that sort of press act thing, they're like kind of, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Depicts... that is kind of like a gross statistic to hear. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> and like, I'm sure that that's a completely made up. It it could be completely made up. It could right. be accurate according, you know, it could be accurate according to Korea, inaccurate according to Vietnam, because everybody has their own version of their own histories. But yeah, when you're talking about a country who was fighting against Vietnam, I can understand Vietnam's reaction, but also that's a pretty strict law that they have there like i thought about it in relation to like our country and like oh my god you flip on saturday saturday night live every week and it is <laughs> talking shit about its own country and oftentimes <laughs> rightfully so like live you know every week so and it's not i mean it's not just snl but like it's just it's interesting coming from a place where almost anything goes as long as it's called fiction you know what i mean mm-hmm. for us um, okay, so Megan, did your expectation meet reality in this drama? You love a plot that goes off the rails. Did it deliver? So as I said, this drama was made way more entertaining and riveting than I expected. I do love when a plot goes off the rails. Uh, this one didn't feel necessarily off the rails to me. And I don't know if I need to like delve more into why that is. I just felt like anything could happen. Anything was possible. Like, I was like, if someone hang glides into North Korea on a tornado in this drama, like, just that makes sense. I I know I said in a previous podcast that I don't like the storytelling where something happens and then they'll do a flashback to explain why it happens. And it always feels like they're retconning. Little Women did that. But Little Women did it in a way that I didn't care because I loved it so much. Like, I don't think this is a spoiler, so I'm not saying who it is but like someone gets a hold of a grenade and you're like how did she get this grenade and then they show they flash back and they show you how she got the grenade i don't (laughs) care if it's unrealistic she had a fucking grenade and i was like i don't care how you got this grenade i care that you have a grenade and you're gonna use it and i'm gonna freaking love it like (laughs) that's what i'm saying this drama is just Oh my God, it's just so entertaining. You know, I I think I need to avoid listening to people talk about dramas because Twitter's made this seem very morose and kind of boring. Oh gosh, Again, no. it was 
Well, maybe what I was seeing, maybe because I was trying to avoid. No, I'm just saying like, no, that's not accurate. Oh, correct. They just kept showing like shots of people sitting at like tables eating. And (laughs) I guess some of those were like visually stunning like frames. So maybe they put, but anyway, it was less morose and melancholy and more just freaking creepy. And I love how creepy it was. It made my skin crawl at times in a way that like I loved, which I know sounds a little nuts. For me, this was like Parasite meets Squid Game with some flower of evil thrown in. It had money, greed, murder, social status commentary, and alter egos. It was just a lot, and I loved it. And I feel like it hit the vibe that the Silent Sea wanted to hit. (laughs) Yes! Yeah. Like creepy smart kind of i mean i think yeah smart twisty creepy over the top but like it means to be yeah and i think silent i totally agree with that that's a good and while 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 it still may need a couple of powerpoints there were some better plot connections i think in this than in the silent sea and one other comp that i think i would throw in there when you're talking about the when you go back and you see the scenes and how it all happened again, to me that kind of made it feel like Ocean's Eleven-y to me because it's like there ends up being like a, a group of people in the latter half, like that include the sisters, but like there's a group of people who like have a plan to take the baddies down. And you don't always see the plan in action until after something happens. And then they go back and they show you. And it's like almost like this big like heist plan thing, even though it's not a heist drama. Although it kind of is a little bit because there is money to be stolen. Okay. And I don't know, this week's pretty fun. So maybe this is our second favorite part of every episode. (laughs) Uh, But it's the K-pop wreck of the week. And this week we have Leah. So I just wanted to give a shout out to a song that I've been listening to a lot this week. And I just think it's really fun. And I don't have, you know, I don't know a ton about the group, although they're really famous. So it's Mama Moo. And the song is Hip. And it came out in 2019 as part of their album, Reality in Black. And look, I just think that it's a... It's a super fun kind of like, it's like very dance and poppy and it has a little bit of a retro feel. And I'm having a Hwasa moment. I just really am liking her a lot. And so I think it's super fun. And yeah, so if you like something that makes you want to shake your booty a little bit and has some like girl power vibes, but um, is just really like listenable, uh, it's Hit by Mama Moo. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting AfternoonAdelight.com. That's www.AfternoonAdelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, 
glow up your skin with K Mertrex. Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So I was browsing Audible today because I got my new credit for the month and I saw in my member profile that I've been an Audible subscriber since February of 2012. I don't know if you guys are as good at math as I am, but that's 10 years. <laughs> and the very first book that I downloaded was The Scorpio Races by Maggie Stiefvater. It's a YA sort of fantasy-ish book. And not only did I love the book, but the narration by Steve West and Fiona Hardingham basically solidified that audiobooks were it for me from then on. And I loved Steve West's narration so much that in a blog post I wrote about the book because this was way back when I had a YA book review blog, I said that I wanted Steve West to narrate my inner monologue. Well, thanks to social media... (laughs) Maggie Seafodder saw the post because I had tagged her in it and then shared it with Steve West and he commented on my blog post and even though I don't have this blog anymore I have a screenshot of what he said because it's amazing and I still die every time I read it so hi Amy just thought I'd pop down a comment he's British by the way And thank you for your very kind review and words on Maggie's book and my performance. It can't be denied that it is always nice to receive a compliment. To the point, I have shamelessly posted your blog blog on my Facebook page. Hope you don't mind, and it was actually Maggie who passed this on to me. She seems very on-the-ball web-wise. I agree, too, that the book is a cracker. I loved reading. (laughs) I know, right? I loved reading and recording it, which doesn't always happen. I have to tell you, I look forward to receiving the script for your inner monologue. I'll get work. I'll get to work on recording it. Cheers, Steve. Aww, this was it. I know this was April of 2012, and folks, I am still dying that this happened. Steve West actually now also narrates romance books as Shane East. Are you serious? Yeah, he is so popular. I know because have you heard his voice? Yeah. I'm telling you folks, if ever a voice could sell you on audiobooks, check his out with a free Audible trial from your favorite unease. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash afternoona. That's www.audibletrial.com slash afternoona. And we'll also put a link to this in the show notes. All right, so back to Little Women and the spoiler section. So if you have not watched this drama and you want to go in without knowing much, you know, this is where you off-ramp and come back. Or if you've seen it and you want to stick around or you just want to listen to all of the cracked out stuff that happens and, you know, then watch it yourself. It's really up to you. (laughs) So, okay, there was a lot of WTF in this drama. What is a WTF moment that brought you delight? Okay, so honestly, even though I have no idea how Inju had the forethought to do this, I loved that when Song Ah officially reveals herself to Inju as the baddie in Singapore and does one of her many, quote, I am the villain and you're going to die speeches that she then opens the suitcase to reclaim her 70 billion and finds it full of rocks or bricks or whatever was in there. And then she turns to find Inju pointing a gun at her. 
even after Inju stupidly drank the blue drink sitting on the table. Because Lee and I were talking about this earlier today. And like, come on. You're taking my wig of the finger. Oh, I'm sorry. Then I I won't even go there. Okay. Sorry. I didn't know you didn't see the script. Um, So Leah will do the wag of the finger at the blue drink. And I will leave it at that. But yeah, the... That I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to get my money back that was, you know, laundered under your name. And then she opens the suitcase and the money's not there. It's That was a good one. Um, okay, so I watched a lot of this drama on a plane to and from Houston. I live in PA, so that's a, that's a decent amount of time. And the amount of times that I gasped out loud <laughs> people staring at me. Um, I tried to watch it in bed and I kept making like a lot of mouth sounds. And I think at one point I like kicked my feet like really excitedly. And Neil told me that this was quote a downstairs show (laughs) because I was making too much noise. Like he was like, this is, you need to go on the couch. I guessed maybe once an episode and I just love when a drama can do that to to me. Um, I think my loudest what the fuck gasp was honestly Park J Sung's suicide. I don't mean to like laugh. It's not funny. But, but he, when that happened. I know. And the I way sh- he does it. <laughs> it's just like, like the meme. Like the jumping out the window. It is a meme. meme. It is a meme jump. It is. He just jumps out the, the building. Like uh, what's his face in Game of Thrones? It was like, oh my God. I, I just did not see that coming. And. It was I a blink and you miss it. I hollered. It was nine o'clock at night. I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to be like a, a hoax. Yeah, it me too. So I thought it was fake. Yeah. I thought it was a fake dot dead body. I, it was, it was nine o'clock at night on the plane. It's dark. There's no lights on. And I hollered. <laughs> My seatmate was like, are you okay? I was like, no, I apparently not. And I would say the only other just, I don't know if this brought me delight but actually, I think I read this question wrong. Yeah, because it brought you suicide. delight that he died. <laughs> yeah, I just realized I think I read this question wrong. I think it was, I, I'm sorry. It's I a WTF moment. Question. It's a good WTF moment. Yeah, it's a WTF moment that made me just completely gasp. Um, and then... Megan does not delight when, in suicide. Yeah, I do not. I'm sorry. I did read this question That's wrong. That's okay. Um, and then also when the girls found that creepy-ass doll room in the attic freaked out i freaked out i'm still haunted by like the the image of that like doll hanging from its hair and that brought me delight it brought me delight because it was so fucking creepy i just oh my god yeah i want to unpack on that a little bit because that was kind of where i was so i love well i don't know if i love but i enjoyed the um the horror movie hereditary where the main character played by tony collette makes dioramas and I realized in watching that, the dioramas are fucking creepy. <laughs> and so when we like whip out like the like diorama here in Little Women, I was delighted. <laughs> and then it got weirder when we see in High Wake Up in the diorama. And I was yeah. like, oh, yes. Like, I am here for like the creepy room <laughs> that's like done up and like, you know, sang Oz in there. And I was just like, that was really exciting to me when we had like this whole creepy little like room that like you're going to be in forever, just like my mother was. And it was like, what the hell is going on? And and also what was in high wearing? Like, why did she dress her in that like, and my my thought thing. my thought is like did she drug in hay and then strip her and dress her like that's what yeah, I, like it went through my head yes look 
Okay. This is, yes, she did. Because See, I know. Her dead mother when she accidentally semi-murdered her by pushing her and giving her a traumatic brain injury. Then the mother was like, well, I don't want that, I guess, on like my daughter. So I'm going to drag myself dying to the closet to kill myself. But I'm going to get naked first. She's like, well, I don't want my mom in there all bloody. So I'm going to strip her butt ass naked and redress her. So crazy. (laughs) And you know what's going through my head is the logistics of that. How is she putting (laughs) clothes on a woman who is hanging from her neck? And she's like, and taking clothes off of her. Does she? Does she have a giant scissors like they do in the hospital when you come in and they have to cut your clothes off of you? Like that was her reaction. Was like, okay, well, clearly we need to get the bloody. Like, I, I mean, obviously she was traumatized, but it was just like, so you saw your mom and then you stripped her and but was her, her but guess, head you know, not matted with blood from accidentally being bludgeoned to death? Many questions about how they find hanging people that they just go with it effectively that the person's dead hanging in the closet without much investigation. Look, autopsies in this are something else. They're negligent. The fact that Park Park J. Song leaped off a building and then his body was perfectly preserved. Right. (laughs) They roll him out and he's like totally fine. Like if you jump off like a nine-story building, your body is not going to you know, maybe maybe it's like maybe it's like if you wish upon me and he bounced off an obst- an unnamed <laughs> obstacle. So great. I loved it. I loved every freaking weird ass minute. And the fact that look, this didn't bring me delight, but if we're going to talk about like the WTF moments that like I I don't even know if I'm used is the right word, but I was just like, okay, like really was when we found out that so Hua Young is like okay, well, I just found someone who is suicidal and got them to change their face-ish? No, 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 no. She didn't get them to change their face. Yeah, because she had plastic surgery. Yeah. So yeah, otherwise, remember- we just had a completely rando person hanging in the closet pretending to be her. But when, the- they showed her de- when they showed her death, she had all the plastic surgery stuff all over okay, her Okay, but here's what I took it as. Because the note, the forged, or, or the suicide note said that Hua Young had plastic surgery, that she wanted to try plastic surgery just once before she died. And so I thought that that was to explain why the person hanging didn't look like Hua Young. Okay, so either way, though, she randomly found someone and was like, who wants to die? And was like, like, how how does that? I know. How does she like, okay, cool. You want to kill yourself? Come do it in my apartment. (laughs) So I can fake my own death. Well, for me. Come on over. And then, oh, actually, you're going to get murdered on accident. By a crazy woman with orchid juice. (laughs) Who is like the most OG Sims player I've ever heard of. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just, yeah, you're right. She like was made to be a Sims creator, a Sims YouTuber. (laughs) I love how they kept saying World champion Sims player. (laughs) World champion. Freaking great. Okay. So, look. What is a WTF moment that made you wag your finger? Okay, so again with forethought on this. But this forethought to me makes zero sense. Hydrochloric acid in the orchid watering or misting or <laughs> ventilation system or whatever. Like this is the big bad showdown at the end. When and how did this happen? What kind of pipes are in her plumbing system? And can they withstand HCL? Because HCL can eat through some metals quite easily. 
Did she just put the acid in moments before? Did she have some Walter White foresight that makes sure that pipes are plastic and that the acid is waiting to be pumped through the system from a plastic tank, thereby withstanding the corrosion? I want one of those episodes that shows you an earlier scene, but reveals something from another point of view. And I want that to be Song Ah purchasing the hydrochloric acid and readying the tanks. I Googled this, by the way, where to buy HCL. And even though the government might come for me, you can apparently purchase it at Home Depot or Walmart. So you're welcome, (laughs) all you wealthy heiresses out there wondering how to go out in a blaze of flesh-eating acid while taking your prey with you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I freaking loved it. I mean, she's just full Wicked Witch of the West. What a world. (laughs) Yes. So this was the thing, because I had this sort of like a little bit of emotional detachment to the drama, everything that happened that entertained me, I basically, maybe I'm demented, because everything that happened, like every car crash, I was like, woo, like more crazy shit's happening. Like I didn't even, the only thing I just didn't want any of the sisters to die. And I didn't really want Dong Il to die, but I also didn't really care. Like, I was like, whatever, just like entertain me. So I, I almost like I don't want to wag my finger at the drama. Are you not just, entertained? Yeah, because I was so even like every what the fuck. Oh, you know, I enjoyed nuts. I enjoyed the hydrochloric acid. No, in the sprinkles. I know. Like <laughs> when the acid like this is a thing like I didn't. Did I want Hua Young to die? No. But when it actually started raining acid, <laughs> I think I laughed because oh, I'm I was sure like, I did is badass it is raining acid on everyone and the orchids as when cackling in the background she's cackling in the background hua young is screaming inju saves the day with her goddamn grenade (laughs) and then when inju pushes song ah into like the puddle of hydrochloric acid and you see it like eating away at her skin as she falls i i just i think i clapped truly think I clapped at midnight in my room. So I would, so I will say, because I like, I'm going to answer the question is that my biggest, what the fuck that actually I was, I maybe like I rolled was the fact that song, ah, got all these people in Singapore to lie and act for her <laughs> regarding that they'd seen in Jew before. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like, a lot like that you could get all those people to like act convincingly like that's a little crazy to me with the tiny and that everyone cameras. is what with the tiny, with the cameras. tiny cameras yeah with the t- yeah, she has tiny cameras on all these people like that's so weird but then in the world of little women was it really that far-fetched you know no not really so okay two eggs one and this may be a controversial choice and i do apologize those stilettos were ugly Oh, I didn't like them either. The The, black ones? Only three of these shoes have been made in the world. I'm like, those look like they are from Ross Dress for Less. (laughs) (laughs) They look like rhinestones. Yeah. There was nothing like, I was like, out of all the shoes and all the gin joints, like, we've seen amazing (laughs) shoes and coats in K-drama. And I'm like, those Mm -hmm. are the shoes? Yeah. So, but more to the point, when Inju goes into the apartment... And is like, oh, there is a glass full of icy water, the color of the hallucinogenic, poisonous, very bad orchid. I'm going to sit down and guzzle it. (laughs) (laughs) Guzzle. She does too. Wolfs it down. Like she's like, I was like, 
um, like, I get we're going to, like, have something bad happening soon and, like, she's going to be affected, but it does seem like a wildly bad choice. Like, it's just bright blue. Bright, bright blue. blue. Like, I would, I would think it was Windex and I would not pick <laughs> up the glass and go and for the rest of the bad orchid looks the exact bizarre yes. blue color. She does. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. Goop, goop, goop. So. <laughs> okay. Any predictions that turned out right or very, very wrong? I made zero specific predictions because I really had no idea what was happening. But like every time they tried to make us think that Choi Do Il was, uh, that he betrayed Inju or his father, I was like, nope. Badass hottie Waji who, Wee Ha Jun is going to come through for us. And he did. Um, yeah. I mean, shout out to Wee Ha Jun because. I loved him in this. Um, I thought at first he was really reserved, but then like I understood why and he really had to be like KG and I thought he played it well. So I would say that the only thing I guess was that Song Ah was actually the villain. She was just beyond creepy <laughs> in a fantastic way. Like the actress was fantastic, but you could always tell there was something a little unhinged about her even in the beginning. And so I was like, she's actually the villain more so than her um, husband, Park Jae Song. So I had predictions that were just all wrong the whole time. So, you know, no props for me. So one of my predictions is Do-Il. I thought Do-Il was going to be a backstabber. And I think it's because I saw a spoiler that ended up not actually being a real spoiler. And it happens so, to me all the time. Yeah. So I thought that um, the true allegiance was going to end up being like some sort of backstabby thing. And then that was going to be like, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, I also thought that um, Sang-Ah had like different faces. I don't know why. I think <gasps> I oh. she was where waiting for face was- off. Yeah. Yeah, to Song Ah. So I kept thinking Song Ah had the wrong face. And then I was like, oh, okay. So the friend was having an affair with the politician. And then they contrived to kill the wife off. And now she's got the wife's face and the wife is the one hanging in the closet. All wrong. None of that happened. (laughs) That all could have happened, though, in the world of Little Women. Like, that honestly would have been very cool as well. Way to go. It could have. So, okay. What's something else that one of you wants to get off your chest? I mean, I just want to know if anybody almost blinked and missed uh, Song Jun Ki's cameo in the shoe store. Completely, completely. <laughs> I did, I did notice, and I forgot. I was like, that has to be Song Jun Ki. But I, I, I honestly feel like every drama he's in, he looks younger. Every he time. looks so young. He looked like a baby. Yes, I was like, did they like put some sort of filter on his face? Um, but I did notice and I did, but I didn't know why I was like, why does he have a cameo? And you know that his name tag was his name in Vincenzo? No, yeah, I didn't know that. I read that after. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's so cool. Let's mention real quick. Cause we mentioned that we were going to talk about this. So yeah, let's talk about our villain, about the villain, our nerdy scientist, Park J. Song, Hong Bae Kyun from I'm Not a Robot. The actor is Um Ki Joon. So what did you like about his uh, his role here? So first of all, like I, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, I know this dude. I know this dude. And I had this inkling that it was I'm not a robot, but like he had like the total like floppy frizzy hair. So I looked him up and sure enough, he is our like main scientist dude who builds the robot in I am not a robot. And he was so cute and like, we like awkward and affable in I'm not a robot and he was so 
calculated and cray cray in this. And to me, that just shows like what a fantastic actor he is that I'm like, I recognize you, but you are nothing like this other character that I knew. And I think he did a fantastic job. Yeah. So I watching it, I'm like, where do I know this guy? And I was going to look it up. But I didn't want to look anything up until I was done watching Little Women. So the first thing I, I, I the first time I realized who he was was in the script when you wrote it. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and um, so I loved him, and I don't know what it says about me, but I was honestly attracted to him as this evil, evil politician <laughs> who was like on his knees for his wife. I was like, I am into this i mean hopped like, off a building what is wrong with me yeah i mean she hands him an orchid and he's like well here i go yeah i mean literally like, was just like okay honey i mean i do it to say i was so inspired by this orchid and this plant and the secret society and what these orchids could do and the fact that if you gave someone an orchid then that means the secret society says you have to take your own life or if not we'll kill you i from a writing perspective i was very inspired like so do not be surprised if i come out with a book that has some sort of creepy plant in it that has a secret society because very inspired i do think secret societies are very fun Right, like, so and the whole, like I still need a PowerPoint on the um, Jungkran Society because I felt as if, like, okay, like it came out of the war and the idea that you know they all kind of thought they were going to die and then you know didn't. Then they had the flowers and then it was like you know a way to band together and kind of like gain power and influence. And the commitment you have then to like the whole succeeding at the price of the self i think i was like you know i got questions <laughs> i don't know because they're all, cause they're all gone in the end. the end i was like you know i have so many things that i'm like really and then i had to be like it's okay just let it have happened <laughs> um it kind of reminded me a little bit if anyone ever watched from hell which was with yeah. um johnny depp and that was about like jack the ripper a uh-huh. little bit and it was about how there was that like secret society in London and one of the doctors that was in the secret society was the one who was Jack the Ripper. It reminded me a little bit of that because I will say same that secret society in um, from hell was also just a little murky. Mm-hmm. But part of me likes that. Like I actually liked that there was a little murkiness to the John Grand society and what the actual properties of the flower is because I just felt like I could let my imagination go i don't know man i just look normally i I want a powerpoint a very specific like i want the lunar water powerpoint but (laughs) that was different we needed a powerpoint and this i feel as if i can get rid of some of that the land dealing and the slush funds like i definitely still could not give you like a rundown of the real estate portfolios at play here (laughs) (laughs) if i never hear slush fund again in my life i hate that term I don't like it either. I don't care anymore. <laughs> oh, no. But, you know, I think and I do feel like I really wanted to see the look. I, I actually wanted to have and this might be like a spinoff. I do for like, you know, we're talking about doing like a, one of our second lead SOS soon. I wanted to see the two teen girls get together. <laughs> I love them. I just want to say I love those two. Their friendship was was I would say like one of my favorite parts of the drama. I love them. Did you and recognize Amy, did you did you recognize Hyo yes. Rin? 
Hyorin is from If You Wish yes. Upon Me, where she plays another. And they got taken. I love them in the back half. When they got away, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I cheered, and then they got all that money. I was like, "Yeah, I love those two. Yeah, I really love them. One thing that I did find interesting that I I think was something that was a little different in this from other dramas is killing off a big name actor early on in the drama with mm-hmm. Oh Jung Se. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I was not oh, expecting her. I was not expecting that. And so she was Aunt Joe, obviously. No, no, no. Oh Jung Se. No, from, Oh Jung Se. The from director it's okay. Shin, the, the shoe guy from It's Okay, Not to Be Okay. <laughs> yeah, I blocked it. I forgot he was even in it. Right? Because he was gone by episode four. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But the great aunt is a big name, too. Oh, but she lasted a, she lasted a lot longer, though. Yeah, Didn't I she? think she still got her early. Oh, I completely forgot Oh Jung Se was in it. Completely. And he was so freaking creepy. He was so and slimy. Oh, my gosh. He, yes, slimy. He was slimy. That's, that's a good word. He was so slimy. He was a good red herring, though, because I was like, he was. well, he's the bad guy. Yeah. And he is. Look, and then I he would... got like Ned Starked. <laughs> no. And do you know what? I remember watching it thinking he is hot. And this is like, I'm going to have to tell Megan about how I'm like very attracted to him. And then I completely forgot he was even in it because the rest of it just like took my brain away. I know. Cause... So you were into Oh Jung Se. I was into Park Jae Sung. We were into like the toxic men of this show. <laughs> Yeah. Bathe my morals in hydrochloric acid. And I was there for, you know, we had June. So there you go. Oh, he was so good. He was so good. And the way he like strutted around. So when I just didn't want to say this when he like, I mean, God, I love a good like handcuffed back to back on a chair in a room. Like I love and someone has to come in and rescue you. I mean, come on. I freaking love that. How he knew exactly where they were, though, and to wear a gas mask is beyond me. I mean, when- well, he wore a gas mask because he had the gas. Oh, that's right. That's right. And he had to bring. But as soon as, like, you saw him strut, like, walking, even though he had a mask on. Yes, so you, you knew who he was. was. You know. knew. I was like, excuse me, no one walks like that. Except we had you. Yeah. And he's got, like, the best, like, like, his whole physique is just maddening. And I loved him. He's hot. Look, I'm going to give a quick shout out, though, to Jong Ho, who I love. <sighs> And look, something in Little Women that's always gotten me, and I get the intentionality of Lori not being the guy, but I was so happy that he like, got to be the guy. Lori Standin got to be the guy. Yeah, that, that was good. Really- he he was total green flag. He was so sweet, so honest with his feelings, and, and I didn't I think was he was going to get it. I didn't think he was going to seal the deal. I was like, oh, he he's Lori, and he's not going to get it. I thought he was going to die. Yeah, I'm glad I thought he, he was going to die. For as many deaths. As are in this drama, like the main players, like the main good players, I was surprised. I thought they would kill off one of the like main. Yeah, no, they didn't. You know. The whole core goody group stayed alive. Do you know what it just reminded me of, though, is when he is about to like get like killed by the baddies and he sticks a sword in a light socket. Oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not so much as a jolt from it. The amount and the amount of people who walked away from car accidents. I mean, a lot of people died in car accidents, but the amount of people who walked away from car accidents was also pretty incredible. Like bad car accidents with like massive trucks. Yes. You know? And the amount of bodies that do not shatter into a million 
a million pieces from falling from great heights. Like when Oh Jung Se <laughs> drives off. Oh, you're right. When he drives out of like the the like multi story car garage and like nose dives, <laughs> and she pulls him out of the car, and he looks like he's got a couple bumps and bruises. He and would be kind of mush. I want to give a quick shout out too because I had for I could not place them for almost the whole drama. Was the reporter Marie, who um, was like, you know, she was like the toxic scrappy reporter. Yeah, hometown cha cha cha. Yeah, the bestie from hometown cha cha cha. And I could oh. not place that for like. You guys, I can't watch these without knowing. Like, I have to look them up as soon I as I look see them. them. Up. I can't look them up because I don't want to be spoiled because remember the one time I just look it up on Asian Wiki. I just go to Asian Wiki for everything. I just scared to look. Asian Wiki, cast list, click on their name, see what else they've been in. Amy, no, I've done it before and I've been spoiled, but I'm glad that now I know who that was because the whole time I was like, oh my God, and I know I loved her and what she was in before. She was so cute in that and she was so horrible. Yes, she was so horrible. I will say whatever um, song, ah, that actress, whatever she's in next, I'm going to have a hard time. Because she's so creepy, and her like high pitched voice, like "Have you been well?" Like "Oh, you saw?" And I'm like, "I know." I wanna... Oh my gosh, so good. Umji Wan, Umji Wan, just so... she was, yeah, so good. And I, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to smack her. And you know, shout out to the twist at the end of episode eleven. So when Oh Hey Young shows up, yeah, because that was I was like. I was about to, I was watching it in my bathroom because I was just about to get in the shower and I was like, I'm going to watch the very end of episode 11. And she walks in the courtroom and I literally just look up, look at myself in the mirror and I go, what the (laughs) fuck? I know. Like, I, that's the thing, like, you entertain me to the point where I have zero idea what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to end. Like, I'm always going to champion a show like that. Because I when you, nowadays... Face didn't come off, though. I still cannot believe, for all the plastic surgery, I cannot believe a face did not come off. Like, I cannot believe there, somebody I, didn't do that. I did want a face off. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just was like, clearly we're getting a face off. Whose face is coming off? At one point, I was like, maybe it's the sister's friend. Like, I was like, so Especially she it. walked into the courtroom with a big bandage on her neck. I'm like, is it really not Huayang? Like, yeah, I no, thought I the same thing. I assumed that one of them at all times was like, had someone else's face. And that ended up not ever being the thing. <laughs> I actually, I actually thought that too. But like, you know, like I said, w- nowadays with storytelling, I feel like I, you know, we talked about this before when we did like plotting beats of a story. And I think Mok Jong's for me, man, because I can't predict. It was fun. And I love it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And we like our botanicals. I- weird. Weird. Either <laughs> taking your soul or I still can't tell you what the Blue Orchid really, truly does. I'm not sure either. You know what? I'm, I'm okay sure with either. that, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm freaked out by orchids now. It's a world of possibilities. Although everyone huffs it, gets all cracked out and drugged out, except for you can sit under that big tree if you're in high school with your bestie. <laughs> be fine. Be fine forever. Oh, really quick. We need to wrap this up, but really quick, we forgot to mention. So we said that there was a Beth in here, and that's because the sisters had a baby who died at like two years old. In the past that we find out about, you know, it's told to us. So there was Beth. So sorry, Beth. Beth. Sorry, Beth. Yeah, they're like, there was there, we, bleh, too many characters. She's right. the dead Bye, one. Beth. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. I mean, we didn't need any more sisters. No, we, we didn't. This was, this was sister enough. But it was, it was right. a whole lot of fun. I'm glad that we watched it. it. 
nothing like what I expected. I did not ex- I expected no. it to take itself much more seriously. I loved it. Same. I, 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 I did. I expected it to be much more like I, more morose. And instead it was creepy. And it was creepy in all the ways I enjoy. Yeah. And I'm not big on heists, but this was just so weird that like I was there. It wasn't a typical heist, but there was some heist aspects. Like when they do go for the money and the way that they hide it. And the yeah, I mean. And putting the bricks in the suitcase. Yep. <laughs> of course. That's very high. And the fact that the like lady from the hotel is just like, yeah, sure. I'll deliver you some bricks. <laughs> Right. right. To put in your suitcase when you're bloody <laughs> from a car accident. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All, All right. right. Well, this was an event. This was wild. <laughs> it was. It was so fun. It was so fun. If you have any recommendations for mock jongs, let us know. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. All right. Annyeong. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to AfternoonOfDelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!